Hey, it's John Ingle, and I'm excited to share that registration is now live for Grid Tech Connect Forum California. Join us in Newport Beach June 24th through the 26th for the interconnection event. We're bringing together utilities, developers, regulators, and advocates to take on one of the biggest challenges facing the energy transition, both at the DG and utility scale levels. Click the link in the episode description and use promo code PODCAST to save 10% on admission. Join our partners from the Department of Energy, NREL, Southern California Edison, PG&E, Kaiso, Sunrun, NG, Convergent, AES, and so many more for this impactful event. We'll see you there. This is the sort of transformation that a leader like me looks for for their entire life. Transformation is a global imperative. Distributed energy resources and how to manage and monetize them is one of the most rapidly changing pieces of the energy transition. Every few weeks, it seems a new software startup has raised tens, even hundreds of millions of dollars in pursuit of those challenges. Meanwhile, utilities are watching the electricity distribution model that has stood up for over 100 years get turned on its head. I'm John Engel, and this is a special edition of Factor This, live from Distributech and PowerGen International in Dallas last May. Next week, we'll be back to our regular format, diving into solar's most important stories with leaders who actually move the needle. But for now, let's take a look at the other side of the equation with someone who knows it best. Here's my conversation with Jim Walsh, who leads GE's grid software business, live from Distributech and PowerGen International. Jim Walsh, thank you so much for joining us um, on Factor This here at Distributech 2022 in Dallas. You are the general manager of Grid Software at GE. And, and I really wanted to talk to you as we're trying to grab some of the major themes that we're hearing from DTech for a lot of reasons. But software, DERMS, um, how to manage distributed energy, that seems to be the lion's share of conversations that I'm having and I'm hearing um, that seems to be most of the attendees and, and, and suppliers that we're visiting with. What have you taken away from the current landscape of DTEC, knowing the transition that, that the transmission and distribution you know, industry has gone? Over yeah. Last few years? yeah. Well, listen, first, thanks for having me, John. Yeah. Appreciate it. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, it really is uh, an overwhelming uh, tidal wave of, of really people trying to solve for what we refer to as the energy transition. So this notion of uh, moving from kind of a one-way power flow uh, where you've got power plants uh, off in the, in the hinterlands pumping power in one way through the transmission and distribution grid to a whole new paradigm where you've got intermittent generation that's happening at various points along the grid, including the distribution grid. And I think operators are really focused on how do we maintain the level of resiliency that we need? How do we, how do we ensure affordability? And oh, by the way, how do we meet the commitments that we've made as it relates to decarbonization and sustainability? So it's really a trilemma that people are trying hard to solve. And that really is the overarching theme of the show. Well, you mentioned the, the resiliency component of this. And I, I did see a report, I think it was a week or two ago from NERC as they're looking forward to summer reliability concerns and and how are how is our grid going to hold up to to record heat to the, the immediate impacts of, of climate change that we're already seeing? 
Um, and there's concern about, you know, the solar tripping of, of in, in, inverters on the distribution grid. These are all things that, that DERMS providers like GE are taking into account. So how are you adapting that offering to not only reflect the changing dynamic of generation, but also the, the, the near-term and very real um, impacts of, of climate that we're seeing? Yeah, boy, you 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 did a really nice job of encapsulating a whole bunch of dynamics that are I'm available. happening simultaneously. I'm available for yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, listen, I think I, I think the world is really waking up to the criticality of the grid, um, and and I'll get to an answer to your question here, but but I think it's important to frame up the problem statement a little bit. You know, for a long time, the discussion around decarbonization was really around how do we get more solar panels into the into the world? How do we get more wind turbines? And all of those are noble, and all of those are obviously very important as it relates to decarbonization. What people now are, are faced with, though, is we can generate all the green electrons we want to, but if we can't reliably get them from the point of generation to the point of consumption, decarbonization grinds to a halt. In comes the grid as a really central figure in this play. And as you know, the grid was not contemplated with, with these sort of dynamics that you described, did a great job of describing. Um, it wasn't contemplated with those things in mind. And so obviously there's, there's not the ability uh, or the desire to go out and replace the physical infrastructure of the grid. Instead, we've got to transform the grid. And a big way to do that is through software. And so our mission is really, how do we help grid operators maintain a level of sustainability, uh, reliability, affordability, and do so on, by changing their existing infrastructure through software? And so how do we give them better visibility than they've ever had before relative to the assets that are on the grid? How do we take all of these different new generation components and be able to incorporate them into a load and be able to distribute that effectively? How do we help them have better vitality in terms of, of balancing the grid, uh, better real-time control? So it's a complicated algorithm, it's a complicated equation, um, but we're excited about it because frankly, that's what we do for a living. How does approaching that problem statement that you mentioned differ for say an IOU, a large utility, um, than uh, uh, a smaller community utility, uh, you know, muni or a co-op. Uh, is there a different complexity, or is it is this adjustable with with scale and and the services remain the same whether you're big or small? Well, I think it I, certainly complexity with with the bigger guys is is going to be more acute. Um, you know, you've got more variability on the grid. You've got a bigger area that you've got to manage. You've got more constituencies that you've got to solve for. Um, but the fundamental problem of keeping the grid in balance as you introduce intermittent generation sources is going to be something that has to be dealt with at, at big scale and at small scale. We find ourselves now working with a lot of the large IOUs, in particular because the problem is most acute with them. But I think a lot of the learnings that, that, that we're capturing will ultimately be incorporated because ultimately where you have to get from a grid standpoint is one big uh, interconnected network. And so uh, regardless of who's administrating it, I think the notion of orchestration is going to be paramount for all of them. 
you know, solar has reached a state of maturity, um, you know, here in 2022 and, and is on, on grids all over the country. But dealing with solar, dealing with intermittency is still something a lot of utilities struggle with in, in knowing what they need to, to balance, to manage um, that resource. And I think it, it gets even more difficult given the saturation that we've seen in the, in the derms market. Um, as I said, half the floor here seems to be a derms provider in one way or the other. I'm getting funding announcements seemingly every week of 100 million, 200 million of all of these derms um, acquisitions or funding rounds. GE has been in the mix there um, sure. with, ac- with key acquisitions over the last year. How does a, a utility make that decision then in deciding what's best for them given so many entrants in, into that space? I think what we've seen in the industry for maybe the last five years have been a lot of kind of pilot scale projects. You know, the, the utilities have seen this freight train coming from a long ways away. And to their credit, they have done some experimentation. Now, especially as, as renewables penetrate at much, much larger scale, as you mentioned, in particular, certain geographies are forced to say, we've got to be out of pilot mode. And so what we think differentiates our approach is we, we not only have got DERMS capabilities, but we integrate them into our operational systems, system that we call ADMS, which is way to think about it is kind of the flight control system, the air traffic control system for the distribution grid. So we're, we're watching electrons, we're helping utilities keep things in balance. There are these new class of electrons called DERMS that are coming onto the grid. And so we need to be able to seamlessly incorporate those into the air traffic control system. In real time. In real time. In real time. And so that's really what our our focus is. And I think that's where uh, a lot of the investment that we see in the industry is about. It's about building more robust capabilities around managing germs, but also incorporating them into the more foundational parts of the system that ultimately operate the grid. So then what are you and your teams working on now as you think about the, the evolution of DERMS and just overall management of distributed energy yeah. um, to evolve that offering? And, and how do you see the, the industry progressing? If you, if you had to forecast five to 10 years, which I know you do behind the scenes anyway. So right, right. What do, right. You, what do you see as the b- biggest opportunity? Yeah, with different levels of fidelity. I yeah, for sure. But, but especially in this industry that's changing so quickly. But look, our fundamental view is that the grid will become, needs to become autonomous. And, and the reason it needs to become autonomous is because the level of complexity is more and more endpoints are added onto the grid. And, and, and an endpoint could be a, a, a solar panel. It could be a, a wind turbine. It could be a battery, as an example. The point is the number of devices that will have to be part of this orchestration uh, mosaic are growing exponentially. Our view is that there's no way in the long term that to optimize the grid, you're going to be able to keep going back for human intervention every time a change needs to be made. So a big part of our focus right now is how do we do a better job of lighting up the grid for the grid operator? How do we make sure that, that they've got visibility in near real time to all of these assets as they're being added onto the grid, because that is one of the challenges that utilities have. Somebody puts a solar panel on their roof, 
There may or may not be standard work for the utility as it relates to how to go register that. Um, and if there's not, oftentimes there are a number of generating assets on the grid that you as a grid operator don't have visibility to. And so solving that fundamental problem is a really big step, I think, in terms of getting to this new paradigm of orchestration. So we're working on that. We're working on, on we, as you correctly pointed out, we have been in the acquisition game. We bought Opus One, a company we're really excited about. We're integrating that tightly into our, our advanced distribution management system. Is that still underway? It's still. It, yeah. it is. In fact, we're demonstrating it here at, at, um, at Distributech. Uh, so we have done the technical work required in a relatively short period of time to get that done. But there are also customers who, who are interested in a standalone DERMS capability, um, be it for uh, creating markets, as an example, on the distribution wholesale side of the house. So well, under FERC, FERC order, you know, 2222, two, 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 exactly they, right. they, they don't have much choice um, over the next few years. So that's, that's right. another, but that's another element that the regulatory framework as we go forward is changing such that a, a, a lot of major decisions have to be made in order to maintain that resiliency and, and um, you know, resource availability. Um, is that a concern that you hear from either existing customers or, or people you're just talking to in the space when they say, you know, these timelines, they may look long to, to some on the outside, but five years for a full overhaul of how we handle DERs is, is not a, a lot. I, I think that's right. I, I, you know, you've got some competing um, dynamics here, though. The, and at the very top of everybody's list, is I think the debate over the criticality of decarbonization seems to have sort of withered away. They're, they're, it's baked in. Yeah, and and the only way you're going to decarbonize the planet is by virtue of driving some of these changes that, that we've been talking about over the past little while. So, so if you take that as sort of a given, everything else becomes how do we optimize our way there. And so I think everybody, when you're in an industry that fundamentally hasn't changed a lot in the last hundred years and now is in really upheaval, I mean, the way you described it, the technology is changing, um, customer expectations are changing, regulations are changing. In fact, even the way people make money is, is ultimately changing. You put all of that stuff in a blender and yeah, there's, there for sure is is some unease. But again, for a company like us, who, who really has been in and around this space for a long time and has got an amazing breadth of capabilities, we see this as a great opportunity to lead. You, you mentioned you used the word mosaic earlier when you were talking about the platform, but I also think it, there is a mosaic of challenges that, that face just energy at, at large. It's, it's you know, um, net metering overhaul is happening. The, the proliferation of DERs is happening. We have uh, trade disputes that are really impacting renewable energies. Um, and all of these things, none of them exist in a vacuum. They all interact with each That's other. Right. They have these supply chain constraints. We have, we have to adjust to a changing and, and modernizing grid. At what is then the roadblock or what's the biggest challenge for your teams as you're trying to provide what is the best overall package for a, for a utility? Um, there has to be something that's also, you know, holding it back for you guys. Yeah, listen, I think the, um, believe it or not, one of the biggest challenges is data. And 
and, and, and not access to data anymore. Access to data is, is relatively ubiquitous and it's easy. But what we find is that as our utility customers have grown up over time, they have built multiple data models to represent the same physical world. And so when you think about a paradigm like orchestration, where something happens here uh, on the left-hand side and, and, and you automatically have to trigger something on the right-hand side, that kind of orchestration, if you've got multiple data models that you're trying to reconcile between, that becomes really difficult. And so I think what we are preaching to our customers is let us help you get your data in order. Let us get one... That has to be the first step. Yeah, that has to be the yeah. first step. Let us get one accurate, dynamic representative of your physical world digitally. And then, boy, there's an awful lot that we can do to accelerate from that point. But if you don't get that foundation right, it's you're going to be building in hedges, right, on every optimization algorithm that you have, and that doesn't lead to an orchestration. You're not new to this space. You're, you're not new to GE. Um, what excites you most about where you're at right now in your role um, uh, on the, the grid software side? Listen, uh, this is the sort of transformation that that a leader like me looks for for their entire life. I've, I've been blessed to run some really interesting businesses um, and learned a lot of lessons along the way. But boy, I've never been in a space where transformation is a global imperative and you're working with a bunch of customers who really need you. And, and that's fun. And the co-innovation that's happening along the way, it just is a, the sort of mission that, that's really easy to get excited about. You know, I know that, the, that, that our business, as we deliver capabilities and solutions, gosh, for my children, my grandchildren, there is going to be an impact. And how many businesses can you say that about? That was Jim Walsh, GE's General Manager of Grid Software. That's it for this special edition of Factor This, live from Distributech and PowerGen. I'm John Engel. Get involved in next year's events by answering the call for content from energy industry experts. We have more information at RenewableEnergyWorld.com. Factor This is a production of Renewable Energy World and Clarion Energy. Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and let us know what you think of the show by leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time. Hey, it's John Ingle, and I'm excited to share that registration is now live for Grid Tech Connect Forum California. Join us in Newport Beach June 24th through the 26th for the interconnection event. We're bringing together utilities, developers, regulators, and advocates to take on one of the biggest challenges facing the energy transition, both at the DG and utility scale levels. Click the link in the episode description and use promo code podcast to save 10% on admission. Join our partners from the Department of Energy, NREL, Southern California Edison, PG&E, Kaiso, Sunrun, NG, Convergent, AES, and so many more for this impactful event. We'll see you there.